you know, if you think of parents and the kids they have to deal with and how much work they have. This is also an ad, thanks to our audio here, of, uh, for our young couples and new families. They meet, I think, every third Sunday after the 9.30. We have a meal together over in the hall, so I'd like to talk that up. The babies did it for me preemptively. Not that, nothing like having an advertising agency, but I want to thank them and their, their dear parents, and especially those uh, right here uh, who have pioneered the Young Couples and New Families group. Many are our tasks. So many errands we have to get through in a day or a week, and all our different aims and indeed goals. And at times they can come across to us, our lives can come across to us almost as fishing line that's all tied up and also complicated. It seems unable to be undone or made, made sense of it. That great Victorian sage, Matthew Arnold, captured it well in the scholar gypsy, this strange disease of modern life. With its sick hurry, its divided aims, its palsied hearts, its heads were taxed. And if those tangled fishing lines are complicated, sometimes they're as if the Gordian knot, and we long for a knife, a sword by way to cut the knot and solve the problem. And today we're given precisely that sword, as so often we are by the good news, by the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it is in the fact that Solomon could have asked for riches, and he could have asked for long life, and he could have asked for the conquest of his enemies, but instead he asks for wisdom. He asks for an understanding heart, now that's something we all need again and again to ask for. Our culture trains us to seek out for intellect. We have a great institution right up the street that reminds us of that. Obviously I speak of Bartley's Burger College, but even beyond that, Harvard tries to teach the same thing. And then the matter of uh, not only intellect, but also of will. And many people say, well, if your willpower are greater and so on, and fair enough. But you know all those posters we see without end on the web of, of Albert Einstein, who said in many ways, from many different angles, that imagination is more important than anything else, creativity. And is captured not only in abstract terms or in physics, or astronomy, which is the greatest of the sciences, but in many other things, in many other things as well. They would be, for instance, a, a mother or a father, or a teacher, a teacher with children in a tough neighborhood with few advantages. Their parents wanting to give them those, but having few advantages or even funding or even a just salary themselves. What is it that nuns taught us in primary school years ago? What are the sins that cry to heaven for vengeance, depriving workers of their just wage? And what does the economist tell us every year? The productivity has gone up all the time and the wages have stayed the same. So I need that for you to deduce the answer but it's a factor in homes, abuse, all kinds of things. And so the imagination, the wit to let oneself have the permission to think and think realistically, that's to say creatively. And so you have a teacher who has kids in front of her or him who have few chances and options, few advantages that so many others are granted. And she could see them or he could see them as unable to flourish. But they put ability in them they put intellect into them. They put choices into them. They put willpower into them. 
and those kids flourish because that's the way they're seen by the teacher. It is easy for all of us to give up hope. Think of it, I have to look in the mirror every morning. There's a good argument to give up hope. Pray for me, can you imagine? Hope, hopeless incarnate. But I still try, despite the evidence, to stride ahead in hope, and we all do. We all do. And not just when we're shaving, and not all of us shave. And the matter of going out into the world with hope, and when we see others, see their best qualities and respect them and reach out to them in hope, and in a way, give them qualities they don't yet have in order to bring those qualities into being. My mother did an internship at Penn, and she was overseeing something in particular, and they got a horrible serving of uh, fruit. It was the worst stuff that could have been picked. And she called the owner of the company, and she said, you know, this isn't like you at all. We always get such marvelous stuff. He said, Miss Bigley, I'll send it right over. And she got the best thing she ever saw, and after that, she got the best thing she ever saw. So our expectations, our hopes, not just of ourselves, which is what we often focus on, but of other people can create a new world. And how, therefore, important not to have enemies or an enemy list, but to consider everyone, like the good Quakers do, our friends. And therefore, to see them in hopefulness, to see them in hopefulness, and to see them with imagination. And therefore, to have an understanding heart with the emphasis on the word heart. You say, well, that's unrealistic, it's unemotional, it's whatever. It's a lot of things. But it's also the path to heaven on earth, the glorious future, the kingdom that the Lord wants to bring into being. To ask, as Solomon did, not in first place for riches, although we need enough to survive, or uh, certainly the vanquishing of enemies or whatever, or long life, because whatever its length, let's pray we spend it well, but above all, for an understanding heart, for wisdom, for the ability to tell right from wrong, to the ability to call things by their right name, which is sometimes, in some places, in some cultures, in some countries, with the fads they have, is the last thing they're interested in, to distinguish right from wrong, the very last thing, for the wisdom and the courage to do the opposite and call things by their right name. Every Sunday we gather to try to make sense out of life, and we try to make sense out of it with a golden key, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Word of God. The Word, truth speaking copiously, revealing to us what the unseen Father is like, what He would have us do, what He would have us be, what in the history of salvation He has already done for us, as we hear in the Old Testament. To learn to pray, as we hear in the Psalms, the Holy Spirit coming to us, spreading the church abroad with hope for everyone, the good news. And that there, the epistles, the letters, the acts of the apostles, but then the very words of Christ in the gospel, the key that unlocks the purpose to life. Today we had the, or yesterday we had the great luck for it to be the feast newly established of uh, Martha and Mary and Lazarus. And what were they but Christ's great friends? Martha could well teach us the sense of service and spending our lives in the help of others. And Mary, that marvelous gift of listening, of being there for someone else and taking in what they say. And then Lazarus our Lord's great friend. Martha's great faith, Lord, if you had been here, our brother would never have died. For the grace of friendship and of faith and of hope. We, uh, we see life many different ways, but perhaps the greatest way is with an understanding heart, to see people kindly. And even when we look in the mirror, to see ourselves <laughs>
with a kind heart too. Thanks for listening to Within the Walls of St. Paul's Sunday Homilies. Please be sure to like us on Facebook and consider supporting us by visiting stpaulsharvardsquare.org. That's stpaulsharvardsquare.org. God bless and see you next time.